You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in for this big, big, big episode. Uh, This show will probably actually go over our time limit like we like we said every day. Because we have a midterm primary in my home state of Ohio today, which is a big thing. Uh, I've predicted for the gubernatorial race. I am not going to predict for the Senate race because there are so many people. I'll give you my layout prediction, possibly. But just generally, I'm not going to predict in that race. And a draft Supreme Court opinion shows that the court will overturn Roe v. Wade. Okay, don't 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 applaud yet. Don't applaud yet. It's not official yet, but th- there is a good possibility that that will happen. And there's also a Ministry of Truth. If we have time, I'll get to that. Established by the federal government, but we're going to start with the primary because that is the most important story. And if I spend the entire thirty minutes talking about that, I will be fine. There is a Senate primary in Ohio with seven candidates, seven Republican candidates. Um, sorry about that noise. Seven Republican candidates. There is J.D. Vance, Josh Mandel, Neil Patel, a Jane Timken, Matt Dolan, Mark Pukita, and I think I'm probably missing a name I didn't say, Mike Gibbons. Those are the seven candidates on the ballot in Ohio. Uh, we're going to get into the polling. I'm going to tell you about how some candidates are probably underpolled, and we'll get into that. As well as the governor's primary and the secretary of state's primary, which is just being ignored. So the, the GOP primary for Senate, J.D. Vance is polling at about 27%, 26.2%, sorry, um, in first place after the Trump endorsement. Matt Dolan at 22, Josh Mandel at 21, Mike Givens at 13, James Hempkin at 6, Mark Bukita and Neil Patel both at 2%. I'm telling you, uh, Mark, and I'm not saying this because I support him, but it's just generally, just from what I've heard traveling around uh, a portion of the state, a lot of Mark Bukita supporters have never voted in a primary. So they're not being polled in the likely primary voters. They're not being polled. Same with Joe Blystone. It's a lot of people fed up with the government. A lot of people fed up with the good old boys club that are voting in this primary that have never voted in a primary before. So I think they are being underrepresented, undercounted in the primary. And we will see larger numbers from those camps um, at the end of the day today. It's crazy saying this at the end of the day today. I'm actually very surprised by that. So for the governor's race, uh, Mike DeWine... About 45%. He, he's going to walk away with it. If there was a runoff, I think he would lose, but there's not. Uh, Blystone, about 26. I think he's going to beat out Renacy just by 1% with Renacy at 25 and Hood at about 4. I think he will outperform the polls as well just because he did so well in the 2021 OH15 primary with no campaigning whatsoever. He's actually getting out and campaigning today, getting out and campaigning for this for this race, so I believe he will do a little bit better than expected. So in these races, I am, I'm not going to endorse because I don't believe you should listen to one person to vote. And most of my listeners are in Ohio. This is an Ohio-centric podcast. And so I'm not going to say you need to get out and vote today for these three people in these respective races. But I am going to say that based on who took time to sit down with me and what I've heard from every candidate, there are some better candidates than others out there. I don't think you could reasonably support Matt Dolan to be a conservative. He voted against the heartbeat bill in Ohio, the 
I don't know the exact term, uh, Senate Bill 23, he voted against that. He supports the Equality Act. There are a bunch of things that just make him not a conservative, right? You, you can't support him. If you want to stand up to the swamp, if you if you want another swamp creature uh, like Rob Portman, vote Jane Timken. Vote Josh Mandel. If you want a flip-flopper who doesn't know which way to go, vote for J.D. Vance. If you want to vote for someone who has no stamina, who will probably be a one-term senator involuntarily, vote for Mike Gibbons. The, the top five that the media is pushing down your throats all have their downfalls and all have major problems. Right, And every candidate has some sort of problem. They, they were all running attack ads against each other. But the big five. I mean, J.D. Vance is a flip-flop. I, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm going to vote for Trump. I, I love Trump now, but his supporters are racist and he's America's Hitler. Right, that, that, That's J.D. Vance. Matt Dolan isn't a conservative. He's a career politician. Um, Josh Mandel's a perennial candidate at this point. Mike Gibbons has no stamina, reads off of a script every time he speaks. I've, I've heard him speak like probably four times now, and every time he's read off a script. And Jane Timken is just endorsement queen. That's all she has. So I'll be, I'll be very intrigued to follow this, follow this election, especially tomorrow um, on the show, breaking down the numbers, breaking down the map, because I know the state of Ohio pretty well. So if I can break down that map and give you the state-by-state state breakdown, possibly, I'll be very excited for that. I'm, I'm very excited for the primary. I had plans for this evening. I was going to go out and have, have some fun with some of my friends this evening. And I'm like, no, we are staying home. We are doing election coverage. I'm following it. I'm taking notes. I'm watching it until the polls close, until results are out. In the governor's race, Renacy double-masked himself to read books to a toddler with his own branded mask. I mean, that's what I'm going to say about Renacy. Mike DeWine isn't a conservative. Ron Hood has no chance. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, Blystone has some baggage as well. And um, I interviewed with Blystone. He, he didn't, I mean, he, he was decent. I mean, he didn't impress me as much as I expected. He was just very, um, I'm a constitutional conservative. That's my beliefs. But he's, I, I believe he's better than, Rene, than Renacy in this campaign. I'm about to see how that turns out. I, I think DeWine has to walk away with it. And I hope that Neil Peterson, who will hopefully, hopefully I can book him to come on the show pretty soon, will run as an independent against DeWine. And I want to say something controversial. I don't want to take a lot of time on it today because it is a primary. But if Mike DeWine walks away with this nomination, if Mike DeWine is the Republican nominee for governor of Ohio, Republicans need to support either an independent or John Cranley or Neil Nan Whaley or whoever won their nomination. Because we have some crazy accountability errors in our state legislature. They do nothing. They get nothing conservative done because the governor lets them get away with it. The governor doesn't push to do things or vote one way or the other. They know the governor won't sign it. They won't vote and go on the record about it. That is the problem with our state legislature. And a Republican governor like Mike DeWine will not increase accountability in a Democrat governor or an independent governor would. So that, that that's my thoughts there. And then the Secretary of State race, Frank LaRose, it, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say on this besides the fact that Frank LaRose should not have endorsed. Period. If you are running the state election, you should not endorse in the race. That'll be my stance from here on out. He, I mean, he even said the same thing in 2016. Listen to my interview with Ralph King. Listen to my interview with jo, uh, John Adams. He said the same thing in 2020 when defending his non-endorsement of Trump, is there shouldn't be an endorsement if you're running the election. 
and then he quid pro quo an, endor- an endorsement for J.D. Vance, just so Trump would say this at his rally. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Frank has our complete and total endorsement. And just so President Trump would say that at the rally, I mean, he, he, he flipped. He, he flipped completely to get reelected because he knows he has a strong primary challenger. I am confident in John Adams. I will actually endorse John Adams. I will go on the record today before the primary and endorse John Adams because he is the only candidate running against Frank LaRose, and Frank LaRose needs to go. Consider this my official and complete endorsement of John Adams. But we're going to go back to the Senate race before we move on to the, um, the Supreme Court, which might actually be next segment. I'm very disappointed in the Trafalgar poll. I mean, it came out late. They had a they had a toilet backup or whatever their problem excuse was. But not all the candidates are on this poll. There were only seven candidates. There's an eighth candidate. Did you all hear Trump at the rally um, in Nebraska on Sunday? That's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for one race. You know, we've endorsed Dr. Oz. We've endorsed J.P., right? J.D. Mandel. Where is J.P. Mandel? Why is J.P. Mandel not being considered on these polls? Uh, he, he, he's not on the ballot. <laughs> right in, J.P. Mandel. No, I'm kidding. But, but for real, um, that, that's hilarious, to be honest. And he'll be on Columbus Radio today. Actually, about the time this is coming out, on the Bruce Hooley Show 98.9, President Trump will. I wonder if he'll get Vance's name correct this time. So we'll be following the primary. I'll be, I, I, don't, I can't promise I'll be live tweeting the primaries, but I will be tweeting a lot this evening. Uh, at GOPJosh20 on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find all of my coverage. As long as I'm not banned between now and then, I hope not. But, you know, you you never know. And then we're going to go to the break a little bit early, a couple minutes early today, because I want to spend a lot of time on the Supreme Court uh, draft opinion that was released. I mean, I, I, I don't believe it's, I mean, I believe it's legitimate a legitimate draft, but there's a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of problems, not only with the makeup, with the leaking with who did it, with, with the connections, someone who is being speculated to have done it has. There's a lot of problems with that as well as the Ministry of Truth straight out of 1984. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back here after this here on the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is GOP Josh, your host, GOP Josh 20 on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at GOP Josh on Alt Tech, uh, Gab Getter, Truth Social, Parlor, Telegram. I'm everywhere at GOP Josh. Um, I'm on Facebook too. My Facebook is just GOP Josh. I don't use that very often. I'll just use it to promo interviews and reply to comments. So when people steal my interviews and then clip it out of the context, I'll, I'll reply to that. But that's about it. But we have some news to talk about from the Supreme Court. And I actually, I, I keep forgetting. Every time I'm excited about something, I want to cue up that, that song, um, Celebrate Good Times or whatever it is. I want, I want to cue it up because it's, it, it's such a good thing that this ruling, if actually implemented, is such a good thing. And I'm very excited for it. We'll get into that. Here is this is this a song? It is. We're gonna play it in the background. It's gonna be our some 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 backtracks. The Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision, according to an initial draft majority opinion written by the Justice Samuel uh, Alito, circulated inside the court and obtained by Politico. 
The draft opinion is a full-throated and flinching rep- uh, reputation of the 1973 decision, which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights in a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right. Roe was egregiously, or I cannot pronounce that word, uh, wrong from the start. Alita writes, We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. He writes in the document labeled as the opinion of the court. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading, sometimes until just days before a decision is unveiled. Uh, The court's holding will not be final until it is published, likely in the next two months. So, So what this decision does is it shows the left that there is a possibility for this to be overturned. There is a possibility that the Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade, and so they mount pressure. And last night, just as the, about 10 minutes after the report came out, really, barricades started going up around the Supreme Court because it was concerning how dangerous it could be. There are still crazy protests out there today uh, from both sides. They went out there a lot last night until like 2 a.m. protesting, and they're back out today. But there's someone who is speculated to have been the leak, and I'm not saying who the leak was. I'm not saying this person did leak it. I'm not being held accountable if he, he's not the leak, but there's a possibility. I'm not going to actually say the name just in case. There's someone who clerks for Sotomayor, one of the most liberal justices on the court, if not the most liberal on the ju- justice on the court. As a Yale student, this clerk blasted Yale for supporting Kavanaugh's nomination. This clerk was quoted in a 2017 political piece by Josh Gerstein, and the author of the piece that was released last night was Josh Gerstein. So if this clerk had access to this draft, which is a very 98-page draft, the whole thing, that appears to be genuine, then this could have very well been a connection. I mean, once you're you're quoted in articles, I've heard I've never been quoted in an article, but usually they contact you, you have their contact, and then they'll they'll check in and see if there's something you want to comment on, etc., as far as I'm aware. And this was one of them. And if this clerk, who shall remain nameless for for the sake of accountability, is the one who leaked this document, he needs to be debarred, and he needs to be removed and possibly held criminally liable. Criminally liable. This leak was a politically motivated leak to get Kavanaugh and ACB to disagree with the decision and to change their decision. The makeup is Gorsuch, Alito, Kavanaugh, ACB, and Thomas with the three liberals dissenting and John Roberts not taking a position. And that's the problem I had in the makeup, as I said at the end of the last segment, is that Alito, or not Alito, I'm sorry, Roberts just didn't make a position, just didn't take, take a stand. The conservative chief justice did not take a stand in, in this most crucial battle, in this most crucial decision. That's concerning to me. I mean, 
look at this 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 court, which is honestly, with how weak ACB has been on masks and vaccines, pretty evenly divided, about five and four. When the chief justice doesn't take a stand, and his associate justices, all of them are underneath him. When they are getting mounting political pressure because of this leak and he's not taking a stand, he has, he has yet to come. The court hasn't commented on the leak. I find that concerning. We, we need our conservative justices, and that should be a litmus test from, from now on, is if these decisions are brought up, yes or no, will you take a stand? Either way. The chief justice should not have abstained from this decision. And he hasn't, maybe he hasn't decided yet. This is an early draft. But it should be a 6-3 decision. And the problem with it being 5-4 is that if people start protesting outside of Kavanaugh or ACB's house, and they start mounting that pressure and breaking him down and breaking him down, they change their mind to stop the decision from coming out and they can, they can go home with, with peace. That's why this decision was leaked, is to mount pressure on these justices to vote against overturning these harsh decisions, Roe v. Wade and Casey, because it would repeal both. This case is, is Dobbs v. Jackson, I believe is the name of it. And if they repeal this case, I will be, I will be extremely happy. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. If this does happen, I'll be extremely happy. I think most conservatives will. And I, I, I can't stand people who go on Twitter group chats or, or on Twitter and say, this will hurt Republicans electorally because they will have nothing else to run on again. <laughs> we need to make sure it doesn't hurt someone electorally. I mean, it's fine with babies getting murdered as long as we can get elected and, and, and keep advocating against babies getting murdered. That, that, that's the only thing they have is, oh, we don't want it to hurt them electorally, so we shouldn't ban abortion. Ban abortion. The heartbeat bill is a great precedent, and that should be what every state passes after this happens. But we have to get to the the disinformation board, the, D- the Department of Homeland Security disinformation board. I hope they're listening to this because they'll listen to some of my old episodes and be like, this guy needs to be taken off the face of the earth because he spreads misinformation every single day. The disinformation <laughs> governance board by Secretary Mayorkas. Federal and state lawmakers, constitutional scholars, and other experts are expressing concerns with the Department of Homeland Security's new misinformation board, which they say is the Biden administration's attempt to stifle free speech. Uh, Mayorkas announced during testimony Wednesday before the House Appropriations Subcommittee on the Homeland Security that DHS has created a disinformation governance board to combat online disinformation. The goal is to bring the resources of DHS together to address this threat. Mayorkas said during the hearing, adding that the department is focused to spread misinformation, uh, to focus on the spread of this information in my, minority communities ahead of the midterm elections. Um, this is a ministry of truth from 1984. I mean, it, it's plain and simple. This board is intending to change the political speech, limit political speech, and stop people from saying what's true. The the chairman or the, the leader of the board, Nina Jankowicz, who is a TikToker, is, is anything but 
a misinformation expert. Her only qualifications, if I recall correctly, are TikTok videos. That's the only thing she has. Is, is this a video? Is this a video I just found? The Mary Poppins of misinformation. I, I haven't even heard this yet. I hope it doesn't swear because I, I, I won't be able to believe. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So this information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> This is the person who is in charge of misinformation in the United States. I'm going to play that again just because it's hilarious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is weird. This, this, this is the problem with the administration in power. This is their priority. It is bringing influencers to the forefront and making them have an impact and, and a say in what's going on because it'll it'll favor them with the with the younger voters in the midterms. If anything the Biden administration says is true through this misinformation board through this ministry of truth take the opposite. Do your own research. Don't listen to the federal government for everything to be correct because they don't know what's right. The federal government has spread misinformation plenty of times. Don't take their word for everything, please. But you know, that's all we have time for today. So make sure Ohioans, I know Ohioans are still listening to this right now. Get out and vote. There is no excuse. VoteOhio.gov. Find your polling place. Get out and vote. As long as you're in line by 7.30 p.m. tonight, EST, you will be able to vote. Get out and vote. If you are a younger person, because I know a lot of under-18s listen to the show because I am under-18, and your parents maybe aren't planning on voting, your parents don't know the importance of primary elections, play them this podcast. Listen to the beginning of it. Listen to the different candidates' describe descriptions. Realize how important primaries are. If you don't vote in a primary, there is no reason to vote in a general because the candidates are just the, the, the lesser of two evils. You have to get out and vote. You have to. If you want an America that will survive, if you want an America that will thrive, if you want an America and a nation that is put first once again, you have to get out and vote today. You have to.
It's your civic duty. Because that, that, that's something that drives a lot of people. It, it's my civic duty. My name is JP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode analyzing the electoral results. But until then, my name is JP Josh with the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.